savings and even riches, they're measured in dollars, right? Actual dollars you can count. But wealth is measured in time, right? And we'll even talk about how to create wealth that's timeless, right? So you can save money, you could be rich, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're wealthy. You just clicked into the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. This is episode Dirty 30. We're going to talk about the difference between savings and wealth building. Let's get it. Good news, people. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business because I truly believe to be good with money, we got to talk about money. And this show is designed to do just that. I am your host, the money misfit, Jamar Dupas, and this is episode number 30. We're 30 episodes in. Today, we're going to talk about One of my favorite subjects to talk about, which is the difference between savings and wealth building. I like this subject because it was a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal. Look, I can't even talk. I'm starting off wrong. I like this subject because it was a pivotal moment in my life when I really started to understand the difference between just kind of saving money and wealth building because I used to believe it was all one thing. And I'm really excited about exposing that to you all today. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. Not sure how you found me, but I do appreciate you being here. This is a different type of personal finance podcast. We don't talk about finance in the traditional sense, right? I'm not a financial advisor. I don't work for the CNBCs or any of the, uh, the big banks or anything like that. We talk about money from a real life perspective, how we can use it to uh, do the things we want to do to live out our ambitious lives, to to buy our homes, to raise our families, to take great vac- vacations, to build our businesses and to not retire, but to go after the 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 coveted spot of financial independence, financial freedom, because to me, that's truly living. And this show is designed just to talk completely about that. And if that interests you, if that's something you think you'd be more interested in, you want to find out more about what we do and how we do it, head over to yourmoneyright.com. That's yourmoneyright.com. And consider joining the community, becoming a misfit. The misfit is a free membership area of our site where we got upcoming uh, webinars. Right now, we got a couple of courses in there. There's a lot of cool things that we got planned for the website and for the podcast, and we'd love for you to come along and join us on as we uh, go through this journey together. And today, I'm not going to really talk a whole lot before we get into the meat of everything, but last week, just to kind of recap, we talked about a pretty important subject, right? We talked about how to talk about money with your spouse or with your significant other, or even with yourself when times are good. And I really wanted to kind of stress that we really want to make sure that we're doing that. If you've not listened to that episode, go ahead and go back and listen to that episode. You can find it in the show notes or you can head over to yourmoneyright.com 
forward slash EP29. That's EP, that's E Echo, P is in Paul, 29. Uh, if you want a quick way to get there and take a listen to that, because I think that was a really important episode and I actually got some feedback and some thanks. So I appreciate everybody for doing that, for giving me your feedback, showing me the love and everything. And speaking of showing love, thank you so much, everybody that's leaving reviews over on iTunes and even Stitcher. Uh, you can still leave reviews over at Stitcher. I know it was kind of out of pocket over at Stitcher for a while, but they finally admitted that they were doing something wrong and they got my feet all fixed. So if you've been listening to me on Stitcher, or you've been wanting to listen to me on Stitcher and it hadn't been showing up, you can head back over to all the shows have been caught up for you over there. So. Before we get into it, I'd like to get back to my quote of the day. And I know I've kind of fallen off on that. But today, uh, I want to share a quote and get back to that because I love quotes. I, I like quotes because they can say a whole lot in just a few words. And I'm a big proponent of not saying, not talking a whole lot, but saying a whole lot more. And that's why I love quotes. And today's quote is by David Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau, uh, to be exact. And the quote says, it's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. And that is so important because a lot of people look at things and the way they look at them, it's not necessarily what they respond to. They respond to what they see. Right. So I can look at a dog and I'm looking at a dog. But if I see something vicious, I see something fearful. And it's a whole different experience of somebody who looks at a dog and they see something sweet and cuddly and kind. And that's just a very basic example. But we're going to touch on that because that quote is it's very, very, very relative to what we're going to talk about today. It's very relative to what we've always been talking about over the last 29 episodes about money and how we see money and what we see for ourselves and how we see it. Because you can look at a dollar bill, but if all you see is a dollar bill, and you don't see it like we see it. It's a dollar bill that is chopped up and that you can allocate. And it's a tool for you to go accomplish things like uh, preparing for your future, helping you get better, helping you eat, uh, helping your, your marriage and all that good stuff. Then, you know, you're going to be in a different playing field. You're going to see it differently than I see it. So wonderful quote for today. That's it's not what you're looking at that matters. It's how you see it. And that's by Henry David Thoreau. So. With that being said, let's get into the goodies. Savings versus wealth building. And if you know me, I like to make sure that we understand the words that we're using. So the first thing we're going to do is make sure we define what savings is and define wealth building or even wealth. Just that term wealth, because I, there's a ton, ton of ton of ton of definitions for wealth. And there's even a bunch of definitions for savings, but everybody kind of understands savings. But according to Webster, uh, savings is basically the amount of something not spent or used. Right. And for our purposes, savings is going to be just kind of money set aside for something later on. Um, and the way I like to define it is money set aside for spending someday. Right. Uh, and that's very key. And we'll get back to that here in a minute. Now, wealth, wealth has a ton of definitions, right? Like some people, they make wealth and income synonymous. Some people make wealth and, and rich synonymous. Some people think wealth of as having a bunch of stuff that is valuable. They think that's wealthy. 
Some people think wealthy is just having a bunch of money in a bank. They think that's wealthy. But my favorite definition of wealth uh, was defined, and I heard from Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote the the uh, bestseller book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I know a lot of y'all have not read that book yet. Y'all need to go get that book and read it. You go get read that book, you don't have to listen to my podcast anymore, right? Just get that book, and, and it'll take you on a, a whole nother journey, because it was a book that changed my life, or one of the books that changed my life. Uh, but it was one of the first books I actually read from from cover to the back and made a lot of sense and really just kind of changed the game for me as far as the direction that I would go further in my finances. But anyway, and I'll have that link to that book in the show notes. But anyway, Robert Kiyosaki defines wealth or at least his uh, his rich dad defined wealth for him um, as the number of days you can survive without physically working. Right. Or anybody in your household working. Uh, and still be able to maintain your standard of living, right? So wealth is defined by the number of days you're able to survive without physically working. So quick example, if I have $10,000, you know, to my name and my expenses are $1,000 a month, I have about 10 months of wealth, right? I have I can live for about 10 months without having to go out and physically work and do anything else, right? So that's wealth. Uh, because savings and even riches, they're measured in dollars, right? Actual dollars you can count. But wealth is measured in time, right? And we'll even talk about how to create wealth that's timeless, right? So you can save money, you could be rich, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're wealthy. Right. Because wealth is defined by time. And the only way that you can leave a legacy. Right. And this is really important to me with having children and wanting to build wealth. The only way to really leave a legacy is to build wealth. And there is a difference between savings and wealth building. We've already started with the definition of it. Right. Savings is just money set aside for spending later on. Which, like I said before, is really important. And this is one of the reasons why people can't save, right? Because you put money aside, but you don't define it, right? Just like these words. That's why I spend so much time defining these words, because if we can define it, we can see it, right? So I can look at the word savings, going back to our quote, and I see the words, I see the letters, but it's how I see it that makes the difference. Let me give you an example. Before I really understood this concept, I would save money, or at least I would try to, right? I put money in the savings account. I put whatever I had left over. If it was $8, I put $8. If it was $20, $100, or whatnot, I would just put this money aside to savings, into a savings account. But I never defined what those dollars were for. So what would happen, right? You know what happens because you've tried to do this. You put money aside. You put it in the savings account. And since you don't really have a definition or a goal for this money, you don't really, you know, it's just kind of sitting in there. Guess what happens? It gets spent, right? Some way, somehow life happens and the money goes out the door. Now, that's okay, right? Because money saved is money to be spent. The trickery in that is 
is it going towards what you wanted it to go to, right? And before we started really kind of defining and getting on our journey, money would just go wherever, right? However life happened, right? It would just go out the door and then I look up and I don't have any savings because that's how it works. And a lot of times I would quote unquote forget to even put the savings in a savings account. And because it's right there where I can see it and I want to get them new shoes or I want to get that hat or I needed a tuxedo for the wedding or whatever it was, that money got spent because it was just there and I never gave the dollar any assignment. So that's what happens, right? So how does savings also look and, and what's different? You know me, I'm just not here just talking about the definitions, right? Because there's always something more, right? Remember, it's how you see it, not what you're looking at. And there's one thing that I really want people to understand, because there's some confusion around wealth building. And a lot of it comes in the return. <laughs> I know y'all tired of me talking about this, but in retirement, right? And 401ks and IRAs. Uh, right now in the Houston Fire Department, we are we have a pension, right? And right now our pension is under attack. There are a lot of people that want our money. Uh, they don't want us to have a pension because other people don't have pension and pensions or a lot of uh, private sectors have lost their pensions. And so a lot of people are after our money because there's billions of dollars in this pension fund, which is very well funded, by the way. Um, but there's billions of dollars in this pension fund. And a lot of people want to get their hands on this money. Uh, and so we understand that. So a lot of firefighters right now are talking about other ways to prepare themselves for their quote unquote retirement. Right. And so we have uh, some forms and things that we talk and we talk at the fire station and stuff like that. And what I've noticed is a lot of our guys are going around touting the same things that you hear uh, financial advisors, uh, big banks and broke people talk about. And that's uh, that you need to uh, invest in some good growth stock mutual funds or put your money uh, with a money manager, a professional who manages money all the time. And you need to put it aside this much. and You need to put aside that much. And in 30 and 40 years, you'll have enough money to hopefully retire or at least supplement your retirement. Now, I'm not going to go into how I feel about that, but I but I will go into um, some of the flaws in that. And some of the flaws is people believe that that is wealth building. They believe if you can give your money to a money manager or you can put your money in a stock market or let's say an index fund and an index fund is nothing more than a group of, uh, let's say a group of stocks, right? In one group, in one fund that, uh, you're, let's say you're mute. That's what the mutual fund thing is for, right? So you got a group of stocks in one fund that typically with you want to happen is they grow with the stock market. They grow with the growth of the economy, but investing in the stock market over the quote unquote long term is not a wealth building strategy. Okay. I would go as far as to say is very few of the standby and look, see methods of investing are actually wealth building strategies at best. They'll keep up with inflation. A lot of people talk about the power of compounding numbers, right? Uh, the eighth wonder of the world. Um, and they're right. <laughs> compounding is powerful, right? Uh, but what also is just as powerful is reverse compounding. It may be even more powerful or at least more damaging in a sense when you're thinking about accumulating wealth. 
What do I mean by that? If you go back into 2007, 2008, when the stock market took that plummet, right? There were people in the market that had 800,000. Let's say they had a million dollars in the stock market. Let's say lost half of its value, right? A lot of people had a million dollars in their account. They're getting ready to retire pretty soon. Stock market loses half. So a million dollars turns into 500,000, right? So you're thinking, whoa, it hurts, right? I don't know how long it took them to accumulate a million dollars, but if I would look at what I bring in every month and put aside that money and put it into the stock market, it'll take me quite some time to accumulate a million dollars, right? I know it wouldn't take just one year to lose it, but that's what happened to a lot of people. It took just a few days and a few moments to lose half of the value, half of their accumulated money. Now, you might be thinking, well, the stock market bounced back since then, right? Right now we're at record highs, right? But here's the difference. A 50% loss is not the same as a 50% gain, right? So if the loss 50% of its value, let's say it goes down to 500,000 from a million. And the next year they got a 50% gain in the stock market. That gain doesn't put them back at a million dollars. That gain only puts them back at 750,000. So the point I'm trying to make is going backwards hurts a whole lot more. Compounding backwards hurts a whole lot more than compounding forward. And so we got to really be careful when people give us these charts that show us money compounding positively for the next 20, 30, 40 years because they don't always go positive, right? It's not the positive that uh, the positive is good, right? But it's the negative that hurts the most. And it's the volatility that they don't talk to you about. And I don't know if you've noticed in the stock market over the past couple of years, and a lot of people have talking about this, but being volatile is the new norm, right? Going up and down uh, on a consistent basis is the new normal. Why? Because we have a lot of policies within our government. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I'm not even going to get into that, but just understand that volatility is the new normal and volatility can kill your momentum, right? Uh, Warren Buffett talks about this. And if you don't know who Warren Buffett is, he's one of the greatest or at least most famous investors of all times. He's the, uh, the principal of uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, he talks about the number one rule of money is to not lose money. And number two rule of money is to see rule number one, right? The guy's worth 40 something billion for a reason, right? Because he doesn't lose, Okay. Uh, me and you, we lose in the stock market. Why? Because we don't understand the game. We just give our money to somebody else and hope that they understand the game. But we also got to remember that they're also part of the game. They are taught by the very people who who want you to put your money in the stock market and not even think about it. But again, I'm going to get off my soapbox because basically what I want to say is when you're putting money aside, and you're putting money in the stock market, you're putting money in your 401k, you're putting money in the IRA, you're putting money in a mutual fund. That is not wealth building, right? And let me prove it to you, okay? So the retirement community, and I know we talked about this, but the retirement community, at least uh, the industry of the retirement, what they want you to do is put aside a certain amount of money uh, every year, and they hopefully that it'll compound. And at the end of your years of working, when you're ready to quote unquote retire, you'll have a nest egg, right? And once you get to that retirement number, whatever that magic number is for you, is it a million, is it two million, is it five million, is it 10 million, whatever it is, 
you get to that nest egg, right? Say you got a million dollars at the end. And what the goal at that point, once you have your nest egg, is to be able to spend that money down and hope it lasts you before you until, you know, at least until you die. In other words, they want you to take this nest egg and hope and pray that you die before you run out of money. That is not wealth building. That is savings, right? So the point is there's a difference between wealth building and saving for retirement. That's why they use that term saving for retirement because savings by our definition, right, is money set aside to be spent. Okay. Now, what's the difference between savings and wealth building? Remember, wealth is defined as we're going to talk about it and as the most healthy and the greatest definition I've heard of it is defined by time. Right. So wealth is the number of days that you can survive without having to work. So how do you do that? How do you create? How do you how do you create wealth for yourself? We don't have to work. Well, remember, we talked about this. I believe it was episode number 14. Right. And we were talking about uh the goal of everything is to get to that point of of uh, financial stability or financial freedom, right? Financial freedom is defined by having enough money coming in without you having to work that will cover your lifestyle and pretty much anything else that you can think of, right? And there are a couple more stages below that, right? But I'm not going to go through all that, but I did a whole show on that and I'll put that in the show notes uh, for you so you guys can link to that and listen back to that, right? So that's the goal of when you're building wealth. So again, how do you do it? What's the what's the simple formula for building wealth, right? Well, we talked about this before, but I'll say it again. What you want to do is take the income that you have now, whatever it's coming from, right? You want to save some, of course, because I'm not saying not to save. I just want to make sure you understand that just because you're putting money aside does not mean you're building wealth. And that was one of the things that I thought I was doing and I wasn't. But what you do is you take the income that you have now, you save some of it, you live on some of it, and you use some of it to accumulate or to to go towards your financial freedom. Right. If you want to be financially free, if that is an important goal of yours, if that's why you're earning money to someday be completely free of the job or completely free of any other ties or obligations, whatever financial freedom, you know, will get that to you. If that's your goal, then portion of every dollar that comes in your house needs to be going towards financial freedom. So what do you do with this? What do you do with this income? What do you do with this money? Well, you purchase assets, you purchase income producing assets, right? Anybody that has real wealth, true wealth, even Warren Buffett, right? The guy I was telling you about that made all his money in the stock market. Well, a lot of people think he's just put his money in the stock market and made the right picks. That's not true. He has a business, right? His business is what created the income for him. So then he can really kind of get in there and start buying other businesses. He's in a business of buying businesses these days, not just stocks, right? Me and you, we buy stocks and things we like. Say we like Apple, we like Nike, things like that. And we'll buy a little bit of stock. He'll go in and make a deal and buy portions of the business, if not the whole entire thing. Now, he's wealthy and he earns a lot, but it's not just his money going in passively that got him there. It's him actively taking his income, right, and buying more income producing assets. For example, 
this could be uh, rental properties, right? Uh, you can, um, a lot of people like to start, they understand real estate, right? So they'll get into real estate and they'll be in rental properties. I'll buy a house for a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is, rent it out for $1,500 every month. You know, if my mortgage is only, you know, $500, but I'm making a thousand dollars in my rent every month, I'm getting paid on that particular asset. Now I took my income, my regular income, and I bought this house that now produces income for me, right? Um, other things like the storage facilities, uh, vending machines, um, you know, uh, stocks that do pay dividends and do pay uh, off income that give you income. Uh, some people will buy annuities um, with this. Uh, there's all types of ways, which is why financial education is so important. There's all types of ways to take your income and purchase assets that will buy you more, that will bring you more income. Right. That's the way to do it. You have to some way, somehow disconnect yourself from trading your time for dollars, because remember, that's what wealth is. Wealth is measured in time. You're truly wealthy if you have time. Right. It's not about the dollars. It's about the freedom. Right. It's about the ties. It's about what you're locked down to. It's about being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it, how you want to do it. Yeah, there may be some limitations to it. Right. So I give you an example. Um, I got a buddy of mine several years ago, f figured out a way to make about twenty five hundred dollars a month on the Internet without him having to, like, go to work for somebody else. So it's just him and a laptop. Right now, um, he started a business and it started making him some money. So what he did was it was just only twenty five hundred dollars. But what he was able to do with that twenty five hundred dollars was go to Costa Rica. He got him a little house on the beach. There was coconuts in his backyard. And there was uh, the rainforest. There's monkeys. There's little rivers. Uh, in the front yard was black sandy beaches. Uh, like I said, coconut trees and everything. Uh, and that home only cost him about $700 a month. Now, he was making $2,500 a month pretty much from his laptop, right? Um, that didn't take a whole lot, right? But, but because he had that time freedom to be able to do that, he didn't have to go clock in somewhere else. He was able to live a wealthy lifestyle. Now, um, I'm not sure exactly um, uh, if he's uh, if he's setting himself up to really run like a business, because a lot of people start businesses, but then they just own their own job. Right. So they'll start a business, but they're always working in it. Now, in the beginning, when you're starting a business, yeah, it's going to take some time to get to that point. But the goal is to be able to work on your business, not necessarily in your business. And a lot of people. They make that mistake is when they do start a business, they end up working more than they ever did before. Now, if you're doing what you love, then it don't matter. Right. You never work a day in your life. Right. You won't retire. Right. You won't, quote unquote, retire. You won't be getting going into a life where you're trying to get away from. See, that's the difference. Right. But that's how you build wealth versus savings. Now, I'm not saying do not save. You must save because if you never learn to save, you'll never learn to build wealth. Right. So how do you get it? How would you how would you even start building wealth if you can't even manage the little dollars you have now? You'll always be poor. And, and I hate to be you know harsh with that. But if you don't manage you learn to manage your money, you'll always be poor. So how do you save real quick? You have to save first. We talked about this before that one of the principles of successful people when it comes to their finances is they're able to pay themselves first. You can't depend on what money is left over at the end because there will not be any money left over. If you have to pay everybody else first, you will never 
right? You you won't you won't come first because success is really just a habit of things that we do on a daily basis, right? So if you never learn to put money aside for yourself, then it doesn't matter if you made a thousand dollars. If you can't take uh, you know a hundred dollars out of a thousand dollars, you're gonna take a hundred thousand out of a million dollars, right? Because you're just gonna be in the habit of always spending everything that you bring in. So you have to break that habit, right? Um, but that's the only way to save is to be able to do it first. And when you do save, you save for a reason. I, I like for everybody to start with the contingency fund. Some people call it the emergency fund. I don't like the word emergency, so I call it contingency fund. They also, businesses call it contingency fund. And I'm a real big believer that you should treat your personal finances like you would treat your business finance because I think everybody's an entrepreneur. And maybe I'll do a show on that to prove to you that you are an entrepreneur. You just don't see it. Remember that quote. Uh, <laughs> but uh, everybody should have a contingency fund, right? Um, finances should be winnable. They should be achievable, right? So a lot of people say, well, you need to have six months to 12 months of living expenses for a true emergency fund. Well, that sounds like a whole lot, right? Like I ain't got no 12 months. Uh, to, where am I going to get 12 months of money where I can barely get past month to month, right? So when your brain sees something like that, that seems impossible for you to achieve, you can't, you can't believe it, you won't achieve it, right? They, I know that sounds cliche, but it's, it's true, right? So when people tell you you need to have 12 months of expenses set aside, your brain goes, <laughs> whatever, okay, that sounds cool, I'll holler at you when I get there, right? It's not even going to even try to get there. You're going to think, well, I just need to make more money. But I like to make things in small chunks and make them so they're winnable so you can believe that you can get it. So when you're starting off and you're trying to get yourself ahead and you're trying to put money to the side, start off with something small. When it comes to a contingency fund, well, the first thing I like everybody to do, and I've said this before, is cut the paycheck to paycheck cycle. Um, so the first thing that I would like everybody to do is get it out of the paycheck to paycheck cycle. And we'll do a webinar or something on how exactly to do that later on. But that's the first thing that I want people to do. And then because that act, acts as a small contingency fund. But one of the first things I like people to do, because most people have cars that I know of anyway, especially if you live down south, right? You got a car. This ain't up north where you can kind of get on public transportation and get to where you want to get to. Unless you live close nearby your job and you live close to uh, uh, nice restaurants and things like that you want to do and you just kind of Uber it around. But a lot of people have car insurance. And so a lot of people's car insurance deductibles are like $250 or $500. So that's usually what I tell people to do. Let's save up enough to cover your car deductible your insurance deductible. That way, if something did happen to your car, you at least have your deductible <laughs> so you can get it fixed, right? And then maybe your health insurance deductible. Maybe you have a $100 health insurance deductible. Maybe that's the first one you go after. Whatever it is the lowest thing that you can get after so you can get to it and mark it off and you can start getting small wins. You start building up that momentum. And then eventually you want to get to the point to where, you know, your homeowners, uh, your homeowners insurance, you got the deductibles for that. And you can start saving more money because then you can increase your deductibles because you got the cash in hand. Cash is powerful. Right. Uh, but I'm not going to keep going down that road because I can go on and on and on and on. Uh, but we've talked about that before. and We'll continue to talk about that. And I'll continue to stress that because I believe that's everybody's first mode of operations is to just do those basic things. But I want you to start thinking about wealth building now, because if you're thinking that all you have to do is save money or save for retirement, that's a low target to hit. Right. And the problem with most people is not because they set goals too high. 
It's because they set them too low and they hit them, right? You have this low goal for yourself and then you hit it. And once you hit it, there's nothing left after that. What's left? That's it. Game over. I accomplished it. But then you realize you ain't accomplished nothing, right? You just kind of like, you just kind of flip. And everybody, and that's human nature, right? Think about the thing that you've been wanting all your life. I remember the first time we got this uh, iMac computer. And I was like, man, once we get an iMac computer, it's going to be on, right? Now it's been, what, I don't know, seven years since we've had this thing. But uh, when we got it, we used it for a while. It's exciting, and then it's not exciting anymore. Think about that new car you got, right? When you first got that car, it's like, man, once I get this car, man, I'm going to feel great. And you did feel great for a while, but then it just became another car. Think about the clothes that you bought, the shoes that you wear. That's just our human nature because it is, it is in us to want to grow, right? And if we're not growing, we're dying. One of the reasons why people struggle with their finances is because they don't see any progress. All you have to do is see progress. Because remember, it's not what you're looking at. It's what you see. That's why our, our system of, of, of how we do money is so important. And I'm putting it together. And I got a curriculum coming and I promise you I'm going to share it with everybody. Maybe we'll do an, uh, like a webinar, do an overview of how that is. But everything is built into where you see progress on a regular basis and you start feeling good about your finances. When you can feel good about your finances, more finances come towards you. You get excited. And then especially if you're married, you and your wife get excited. And when, fellas, when she gets excited, we get excited, right? So, uh, but this is a family show, so I'm going to leave it at that. But that's why I want you to focus on building wealth and understanding that there's a difference. But you really can't start building wealth until you have some savings because savings has a purpose. You need to save in order to spend because you're going to have to spend. All right. You're going to have to buy a new couch. You're going to have to buy a new car. You're going to have to buy, you know, new tires. You're going to have to spend money. Right. When you go into when you go into retirement, if that's your game plan is to, to retire and not necessarily do the financial freedom thing then you're going to have to spend that money. So you need to put money aside to save so you can spend it later. But savings is also a protection. It protects you. Uh, it protects your future income, right? Uh, it protects you in case you do lose your income. It, because here, here's the deal. If you don't have the deductible for your car, right, and your car gets into an accident where you can't drive it, but they don't total it, and they're waiting on you to come up with that $500 deductible to get everything started, but you got to get to work, but your car's in a shop. You see, if you don't have that deductible, if you can't play the ball game because you don't have the cash, you mess around and lose your job. You mess around and lose your income. That's why it's important to have cash. That's why it's important to have savings, but you have to have it for a reason. You have to give it an assignment. There's no such thing as savings just for savings sake. Every dollar must have an assignment. So let's recap, right? Quote of the day, and I've said it about five, six times, I think. It's not what you're looking at that matters. It's what you see, right? And remember, savings and even riches is measured in dollars. But wealth is measured in time. And time is the true asset, right? That's the true gold. That's the true diamonds. That's the, that's the true wealth. It's time. So always think about that. And remember, savings alone won't save you. Okay? I have the privilege of working in an industry 
as a firefighter, as a paramedic, and I get to see, I get to save lives on a regular basis, or at least I try to, but I also get to peek into people's future, and I also get to peek into people's worst times in their lives, and I get to see people in the old age, especially, and I get to talk to them and ask them about certain things, and a lot of old people today who had decent careers, they had pensions. We don't have pensions, Okay. Even those of us who do have pensions like us in the fire department, those things are at risk because people want that money. The Wall Street is so powerful. Right? They want everybody to have their money in the stock market. And there's a reason for that. Okay, We talked about this before, but there's a reason they want you to put your money in the stock market and leave it alone. They want to be able to play with your money. Okay, But that's putting your money in a stock market, I would consider savings especially if you are quote unquote investing for the long term. It's a very passive thing for you to do, right? You're just kind of going to hope that money is there for you. And at best, I look at it, I'm not saying this is it, but I look at it as a way to keep up with inflation. If you don't understand what inflation is, we'll have another we'll have a show on that. But just in general, inflation is just basically things will cost more in the future than they do today, okay? Uh, and the stock market will at least keep up with that if you invest in some nice uh, low fee uh, S&P 500 index fund or something like that. Okay, um, But don't mistake that with wealth building. Wealth building is an active process. It's, it's uh, creating a business. It's purchasing assets that will create more income for you. Because wealth building is how you leave a legacy. right? It's how you leave the Rockefeller type legacy. Right. Because you can leave your kids a million dollars. Right. Because, you, you know, a lot, I hear a lot of people say, let's just get a life insurance policy and leave, leave them a million dollars. That's how people accumulate wealth. No. A million dollars will only last so long in the next 20 or 30 years or whenever you, you know, you leave this earth. Right. But if you left them a build, if you left them a business that cash flow a million dollars a year or a million dollars a month, you've bought them some time. Right. That's wealth. That's wealth that won't die if you set it up right. And we'll talk about how to do that at another time. But hope that was helpful. That's all I got. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate you. I truly, truly do appreciate you. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, jamar at yourmoneyright.com. Hit me up on Facebook, on Twitter on Snapchat, on Instagram, whatever you like. And remember, head over to yourmoneyright.com, become a misfit, join a community. Let's build this thing together. I truly believe that we really can do amazing things if we put our heads together and we talk. If I'm wrong on something, come and correct me. I like to talk about it. If you have any questions, holler at me. I want to answer those questions. That's how I get my ideas from these shows because people have asked me these questions and I just come up with a show, right? And that's how I make sure that I serve you the best way possible. So don't hold back. Be sure to ask, ask, uh, ask any questions that you may have. Uh, and again, you can find all my information at yourmoneyright.com. And last time, it's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. God bless. MPS. MPS. We're talking about money, 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 cash, cash, cash. I said we're talking about money.